0: And away we go! It is the BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Brought to you as always by our great friends at the Holy Grail. If you're downtown, make sure you're stopping by the Holy Grail and getting yourself taken care of. Get some, uh, get some food, get some cold beverages. Enjoy the atmosphere in downtown Cincinnati at what has been our longest-running sponsor. The Holy Grail. Let's get it going. We got a lot to get to, as is always the case, Dave. We have these conversations. What are we going to talk about? That's right. And then before you know it, the show pops up, and we've got plenty to talk about. Aaron, can you take this down? There we go. She's trying to talk to Dave.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> People need to see our, our faces.
0: I know. Come on. Uh, we have plenty to talk about. So I, I guess now it's just a matter of, like, where do we start? Do we start uh, talking about the football official visit weekend and camp? There's a camp tomorrow, and then official visits start on Friday. Uh, we can talk about that. or Or – We can. It's little birdie season, as I posted on the on the board today.
1: Oh yes,
0: gotta love everybody. Loves little birdie season, right? I would think so. So, if you don't know, if you're new, you don't know what little birdie season is. Um, As we get into the summer, uh, workouts start in June 1st. Well, I guess yesterday. May 31st was the uh, official start of summer workouts for the UC basketball program. Uh, for some reason, the NCAA has decided that, hold on a second. Why is this causing me problems?
1: I don't know. Jeez. What? Yes, uh, anyhow.
0: I, I was trying to to post on tw- posts that were live on Twitter, and uh. the YouTube is is freaking out my uh, my setup here. Um, it's buying us time for people to join anyway, but we're not allowed at workouts uh, because of some stupid NCAA rule. Um, but we are able to get some information on open gyms, uh, which is you know. The guys all get together and and run pickup games and uh can you still hear me is this working loud and clear okay my 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 desktop is is not cooperating right now um they do get a chance to you know little birdies tell us things about the happenings there we go i'm back the happenings uh at open gym throughout the summer and that's Little Birdie season, and Little Birdie season started today uh, with the first open gym of the summer for the Bearcats. And uh, we had Little Birdies flying around in Fifth Third Arena, uh, tracking the action. So so we can either start with official visit season, or we can start with Little Birdie season. I'll let you pick.
1: I have no interest in picking. Cryptkeeper, you're here, you pick.
0: If you're here, vote in the chat. You want little birdies or you want official visits? Like, uh, what do you, you? First, first
1: person that responds—that's what we're doing. Okay. They're Until then, it. we will be silent. Yeah. We'll see, we see. how <laughs> we big the fan base we have. Maybe we got,
0: we got. There's people in here. But they're be- just not typing in, be- like in the A
1: while. <laughs> they're
0: not voting. Nobody is voting, Dave. Uh, Brian wants birdies, okay, so cool birdie. Okay. There it is.
1: Birdies it First is.
0: Vote. Um, all right. So everybody, all the new guys, but, uh, Daniel skillings are in town. They all participated, uh, in open gym tonight. Um, there's a couple guys working through some, some off season stuff, uh, that weren't there of the returning guys. Um, I do have an interesting story on that, Dave. Okay. Jared Hensley. You probably won't remember this because you were uh, only loosely uh, dialed into the basketball season. But in the game against Houston, the, the last regular season game against Houston, Jared Hensley uh, got on the floor for a loose ball, got up and, and was shaking his wrist a little bit and shook it off and, uh, from there, really, like, started to turn it on and and played his best basketball of the season. Well, it turns out he broke his wrist doing that and just didn't tell anybody and played through it for like five weeks. Bearcat tough. Bearcat tough. Well, it was his non-shooting wrist. Um, not important. Not important. He didn't need that one. And it, actually, it's funny because the story I'm going to get to. Uh, tells you how it kind of might be might have become a blessing in disguise. He couldn't use his other hand, right So he had to just shoot one-handed if he was going to get shots up uh, this off season and it allowed him to get his hand and wrist better positioned under the basketball. And uh, he was – he's not going to be cleared for another probably two weeks uh, for, like, live action, but he was off to the side shooting. And I think I saw him make, like, nine in a row, nothing but net. And the ball was visibly, clearly coming out of his hands a lot better than it looked last year. And it was a significant, like – you could clearly clearly see that th- his form was different the rotation was different the consistency was different um and I, I we'll see what it looks like when when things go live you know because those changes sometimes take a little bit like they stick while you're doing shooting drills but what happens when when things are going for real uh but if this is something he can can translate over into uh, live action, Jared Hensley that can shoot is uh, a very interesting player.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's a guy I've always had high hopes for because he fits the traits mold.
0: Yeah, like six eight, he's athletic, he's tough.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that you want to see develop because all the other stuff about him physically and, you know, just how the game is going is what you want. So, you know, we know he's like, you know, can take the ball to the basket, finish through contact, you know, like you said, is tough. Um, so if he can work on, if this has helped him work on his jump shooting, then, you know, that's, Just another little little piece there, and you know. And that's here's the
0: important thing with him. If he is now somebody that can be a threat from three, you can play him at small forward. Like it's really difficult to play a bunch of guys at small forward that can't shoot. Shoot, yeah. Like it just and with the way that the roster is now being built, like you can play guys that can shoot at that position. So now, if he gives you a little bit more shooting. Now you have that versatility minute wise to start playing him at either spot, because as we're going to get into, when you get, when you start getting like really digging into this roster, Wes is going to have some interesting decisions to make because they they are going to have a lot of the opposite decisions they had to make last year. Last year, guys had to play because somebody had to be on the floor. Right now you're going to get into a position where, there are guys that are going to be sitting out that can play and how do you get them minutes? How do you keep them happy? How do you balance the roster? Um, it was according to my little birdie, it was abundantly obvious the upgrade in talent, just watching an open gym, you know, you had for the most part, um, a team of like returning guys where the one the one team from from what I've heard was uh it was Mike Adams Woods David DeJulius Jeremiah Davenport Josh Reed Victor Lockett. and they won the first four games um and then the other team There was some rotation on the other team, but for the most part, the other team, from what I heard, was Rob Fennessy, um, CJ Anthony, um, Landers Nolly, Kalua Zekpe, and Sage Tolentino. And out were Hensley was out, Odie was out, and Newman was out. Um, And then, you know, you had a couple guys pop in, uh, and as we talked about, Dan Skillings is still um, working on graduation. He should be here in two weeks. Um, but, you know, you had, you had our our favorite, Mamadou Diara, pop in. Yeah. He's back in Cincinnati, living in Cincinnati. Um, get, some, so. get
1: some threes from the top of the key up. No, he passed one up. I was like, what? The,
0: what? what is happening here? Mama dude just passed up a wide open 3 from the top of the key.
1: Yeah, there was no fans chains
0: <laughs> right? Well, that was the thing, right? He always hesitated.
1: Yeah, he was he, waiting for a, the, he was waiting for the, the crowd.
0: Two. Um, Deion Dixon was was hanging around. Um <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, I I can I can get into uh those those nine guys. Um from the reports that that I got today. So, who would who would you like to hear about first, Dave? Josh Reed. He's going to be very good. Um he didn't look overmatched, hit a couple threes, handled the ball, um you know, was was proficient getting on the glass, get the rebound, push it up the floor. Uh I did not see, I was kind of disappointed. His go-to move in high school was coming from the left wing, getting to about the free throw line, and he had a spin move that was like clockwork. And he would either score or get fouled, like, consistently. Um, I didn't see that. He didn't he didn't use the spin move today, so I was a little disappointed in that. But uh, for the most part, he held his own. He was, for most of the day, matched up with Ezekpe. And there were some moments where I, I think as the, the, the day went on, Azekpe realized, like, he's not strong enough to handle me yet. <laughs> so, like, there was – is kind of backing him down, and he hit him once, and Josh held his ground, and he hit him twice, and Josh held his ground, and he hit him the third time, and he was only capable of taking the bump <laughs> twice. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's what I saw in, in AAU. He's, he's a scorer. He's skilled. Um, not a, not a big time athlete. He did get blocked at the rim by, uh, sage, uh, on a, on a fast break dunk that had everybody kind of, Ooh, and yeah. it wasn't like, it was like a, like a, almost a jump ball because sage just caught him at the top, right at the rim. Um, so no, Josh looked good. Uh, looked, looked every bit like a guy that's going to have a great career here.
1: Um, I saw one on Twitter. Mike yeah. had sent out some new guy tweets. I think maybe just from Sage and Josh. Just had, Sage and
0: Josh, just the two freshmen.
1: Had him like six, seven, 220.
0: Yeah. He, he looks the part. Like he, so, I mean, he that's, doesn't. That's,
1: I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you can redefine your body, but like that's probably like a good playing weight for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he's 225, 230, as, yeah. as time goes on and he gets older, but he's right around physically kind of where he needs to be. Like as you said, obviously Mike will do some uh some reshaping. Um but uh he looked good. I, I thought as I, I thought the first from what I've heard um <laughs> you look good from what I heard. I'm bad at this. I thought the, the the first uh couple games he was he was feeling it out trying to figure out you know what was what was okay and what wasn't in terms of how aggressive he was being and then by the middle like he he had it going and you know they were looking to him for for points and he he held his own so and he he ran with the winning team for most of the day uh so that's that's usually a good sign um sage since we've already mentioned him did you see the picture of him
1: i wasn't sure like Scrolling through Twitter, you know, I you see. I mean, at least for me, like I always like see a picture first because you know, bigger image grabs your attention. And then you read. Like at first, I was like, "Who is that?" Like I didn't recognize him at first. Me too.
0: A hundred percent agree.
1: I I don't know if it was the hair, the way the picture was. Like it was in the kind of a position where he wasn't like you weren't showing off like his full height.
0: Good. Yeah. Cause he was kind of sat down. Kind of like, like Yeah.
1: Cr- you know, Crouched or whatever, like hunched a little bit. So, but yeah, I was, I didn't, uh, I did not that. recognize him.
0: That picture I, right there. I
1: had, cause it does, cause it doesn't say, you know, right? and so I was it's... like, who, who is that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I know Sage, like I, I've, I've had Sage on the radio multiple times. I've I've encountered Sage and his family at Dine-In Hawaiian, the food truck multiple times. I didn't know who it was at first glance. I told Sage that tonight, or I had the little birdie tell Sage that tonight. Uh, I saw this picture and went, and then I enlarged it. And still for a second when I was like, is that really Sage? So what Rainfeld tweeted out today is up to 235 pounds. And I think the big difference, Dave, being he doesn't look like a, a, a boy anymore. Right, he looks like he looks like a growing man. And that's here is what I said. Conversation I had with somebody at one point. The belief was they're going to need to phys, like to, to physically get him up to speed. They're probably going to need to redshirt him this year. I don't know that that's the case. Like, you might still redshirt him, depending on what you think, you know, he needs development-wise, but you don't need to. Like, he's going to be able to hold his own. Is he going to be, you know, as good as he's ever going to be? No, absolutely not. But uh, he has put – you give the kid a lot of credit. Since the end of his high school season, he has put a ton of work in – on his body and and being ready to get to Cincinnati and and play.
1: But I think he, you know, if that's the case and he keeps progressing and we're still, you know, five months from the season, like make it, make it hard on him. Sure. Make him say like, we know you can help, but it's better off to red shirt. Or they say this guy can, even if it's five or 10 minutes a game, like, he can help. So we're gonna play him. And I'm totally down with that. Like you never know what's gonna happen in the future. If you think a guy can help you now, then you put him on the floor.
0: Yeah, I mean, I why not? Like <laughs> that's I mean, that's that's why you do these things, right? Like it's
1: you know, we we talk about it a lot with football in this year this expected year in the AAC, but like, I'd almost play him because he's not like, what, what bigs is he going to face? That he's going to just be like, so overmatched that playing him, playing him five or 10 minutes a game. If he, you know, if things keep progressing in it and he is worthy of that, but like, I'd rather play him five or ten minutes a game as a true freshman in the AAC than expect a lot more out of him and him not have played at all in the Big Twelve next year.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think that's kind of important. You know, to have a chance to get his feet wet and let him, let him, uh, let him figure out what he's works going does to doesn't play
1: any- next year. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless.
0: Like they're going to need him as in year two. I don't think there's any question about that. So. No. That has been the biggest revelation so far of the summer is that he came in looking a lot different than I expected him to look. And that's that's a credit to him. It's a credit to, you know, I, I don't know how much. like I know once they sign their letter of intent, they can communicate with Rayfeld and get workout plans and, like, you know, get put on the right track. And credit to both of them because – you know, I thought you were going to see a skinny 210, 215 pound, seven foot kid. Uh, when he got to UC and at, at 235, th- you can't teach seven one, right? Or seven, seven foot half inch. Like it, that is, and he, he stepped into a 17 footer today and knocked it down. Uh, he moves well. Like it, it. I was expecting to think one thing at this point. And sure.
1: I am now Well because there's just I mean there's a long a long history of the you know uh tall, skinny, developmental big, not just at UC, I mean just in, in college basketball in general. Right. That you just are conditioned to be like every aspect of them needs a red shirt year outside of the guys that are going to be like lottery picks like a Jalen right. right, right. Durden. um and if he can if he can help that's great i mean i see no reason to not put him out there
0: the biggest thing is it, it, he wasn't afraid to mix it up he was physical he was rebounding like i said he he blocked a couple shots um he he was cutting really well had a couple dunks uh, cutting along the baseline with the ball on the opposite block, strong side block, and cut to the rim, catch the ball, dunk it, like he showed good hands. Um, good hands and feet, man. That That's the part with Biggs that if it's not there, it's probably not ever happening,
1: right? Even even though he's young, how is his like timing and, and reading – plays defensively from from the back side. Like is he a uh, Okay, so far I mean it's come, hard to is he a come from a backside to make a block guy or is he more of like a block heads up with the guy that are that has the ball?
0: It's hard to tell in an open gym setting because you're not really like they're not running plays, right? Right. They're, I just
1: didn't know if like he flashed, yeah. like like just going for shit. Like I know it's open gym and I might foul the guy, but, like, I'm going to try to block everything regardless of if it's, like, my guy specifically or, you know, a help side play.
0: A little bit of it, but he's not, like – he's not, like, you know, there's super – like a Justin Jackson that would, like, come from come from the weak side. Right. And, and use his athleticism. It's more length. It's more height. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he, he's capable of it. I don't think it's going to – I think you'll see more blocks from him – like on the guy he's guarding. Okay. Yeah. Then you will seeing him as like a a weak side rim protector type. Now that's not to say he won't have those blocks.
1: Sure. Uh, But you know, it's the rare ones are the ones that, you know, like a Kenyon Martin. Do both. Right. Do both. You you know, (laughs) usually you're the athletic guy that's good at timing and, and cleaning stuff up, or you're a good on ball defender and understand angles and how to, you know, right. reaction to your guy. Uh, you beat him off the floor, you you know, you know stuff like that. Um, but
0: we'll stick with, I guess, the, the new guys here for the sake of the first the
1: first part of this. Sure. Would you like me to pick another person? Sure. Rob Fennessy. Uh Started a little slow
0: being the first open gym that he's, he's run with these guys. Not surprising, but by the middle to the end, he was playing really well Hit multiple deep threes. Um, was better getting to the rim, like off the bounce than I, than I anticipated. Um, especially coming off ball screens, reading ball screens, where the defense is going to be. Um, and then the part I had the most fun with was, was he guarded DeJulius Julius. most of the the afternoon or evening and you got a chance to see Dave's a tough guard man because he's so herky-jerky with the ball and he's got the stops and starts and hesitations and step backs so you're going to get really challenged uh when you're guarding Dave and I thought Rob handled it pretty well I mean Dave got a couple shots off but because of the way he plays Dave's going to get shots off um but it was a, it was a good first look. Um, I thought, you know, when he, when he wasn't on to Julius, he was on uh, Micah Adams woods. It's funny. They're about the same height. They look kind of similar. They both had the same UC t-shirt on. So it was like a mirror almost when those two were on each other. Um, We'll get to Micah. Uh, But I thought, I thought Rob handled himself well. I mean, it's going to be tough especially for a point guard when you're coming in and working with a bunch of guys, you've never really, you don't know their game. You don't know where they like the ball. Sure. No, you know, that stuff's going to be, take a little bit of time to learn, but I, I thought overall, especially by the end, like he was playing really well because the, the team, the new guys, like I said, they won the games early. The or the team with the, the vets won games early. The team with the new guys, came on late and they came on late because Lander's Nolly said I'm not fucking losing anymore. <laughs> he was not happy with the fact that the 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 veteran guys had <laughs> won the first couple games. And this is not to uh to take anything away from anyone else. But that's the most talented dude on this roster. Not that it's a surprise.
1: Then let's go to him next.
0: Lander's Nolly can get buckets (laughs) like he is. It is so natural watching him shoot and drive and, and score pull up floaters, you know, catch and shoot threes. He's got a super quick release. Um, A couple nice ones today where, you know, he caught it and maybe didn't have a great three point shot, so he passed it, relocated, got it right back, boom, open 3 knocked it down. Um he's him and it, him and Jeremiah uh at some point in time you're, somebody's going to have to separate them in an open gym.
1: <laughs>
0: because it was they were having fun with it, but it was constant the entire uh open gym, the two of them going back and forth. Uh which you know, that's one of the it makes it fun. Uh, gives you a little something extra to pay attention to. For sure. Uh, so so that was good. Uh, it, he just, he's so smooth. Like, it, we knew this coming in, right? This is a kid that offensively is supremely skilled. He was all-freshman in the AAC, or in the ACC. He was first-team All-American Conference his first year at Memphis. Um, expect a first-team All-Conference performer. Right. Like that's that's how good he is. That's how talented he is. And you put him next to DeJulius and uh Davenport and all of a sudden you're not watching you know paint dry when you're watching offense. Now, yeah. they might make you want to pull your hair out with some of their shot selection, but they're talented enough for it to go in. So you don't have as much of a problem. Yeah,
1: I don't, there. I don't really care about the shot selection. If a higher percentage of them go in. Right. Like <laughs> no one, yeah, no one complains about bad <laughs> shots when you're dropping a few more a game, and you have, you know, a, a true scoring threat um, that just, you know, that they just haven't had and that, I mean, David is one, but we we saw, you know, towards the end of last year. I'm not saying it was easy, but teams became a lot more effective at at limiting him, and and we just saw what that did to everything else.
0: Well, yeah, teams said we're going to take away DeJulius, we're going to push Davenport as far out from the three point line as we can. And what else do you have? And the answer was nothing, not much, not much, you know, and now it, you're potentially going to have at the three main posi- scoring positions, three guys that are going to be able to put the ball in the basket. There's still, you know, there's still unknowns in point guard in terms of, you know, offensive impact and and we're going to have to see what it looks like at center. Uh, But ultimately, having three guys that can score consistently better than two.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just – you know, like, it's it's so – I mean, I don't know. It's like they just didn't have any options. There was no spacing. There was was no no spacing. There were no options. There was no – if plan A doesn't go well – We can just easily shift to plan B. Right. Like it was, if plan A didn't go well, we're going to lose by 20.
0: If plan A doesn't go well, the shot clock is going to be very close to zero with someone out of position to take a shot.
1: Right. Cause you, I mean, you had one guy that could get his own shot.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Now Jeremiah will take it. He's never met a shot. He didn't like
1: uh right but he's not a, he's not a he's not a shot creator in the sense of like in an offense. So create right. a shot when he when he needs to because the shot clock's winding down or or whatever but like he's not a shot an individual shot creator that is still somewhat in like the framework of what you're trying to do.
0: Right. Um and then Kalua Zekpe, um Six, legit six eight. Um, can we get think, some like?
1: Can we get a Kahlua sponsorship? Like some sh- some shots when he like makes a dunk or something. Maybe maybe. Um,
0: <laughs> he's six eight. Like he's he's a, about an inch, a little more than an inch taller than Josh Reed. The thing is, I think he's one of those guys. He looks a little shorter because his his shoulders are so broad. Like
1: I have that same problem.
0: Yeah, you look shorter because your shoulders are so broad. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. Um, but he can really pass. He's got as, as advertised, he is excellent knocking down mid range jumpers, uh, long arms. And the kid is strong. He is.
1: So he's long and he's strong. And he's down to get the friction on. Thank you. (laughs) Um,
0: I liked what I saw from him today. Uh he, he's he's in the mold of what we've known UC Bigman to be for decades, right? Like 6'8, aggressive, um beat you up, bully you, push you around, get to where where he wants to go. Uh the the passing kind of stood out to me um because if you're if you're a threat in the mid-range and you can pass that makes zone defense uh, a lot easier to handle, right? And we've seen for how long this team struggle with zone defense because they didn't really ever have anybody that could occupy the middle, that could knock right. down the shot, or or find the short corner, or kick it out to an open three. Like they're they've been deficient in that area for many, many moons. And I think Ezekpe will uh, will definitely give them an option.
1: Uh, there with the addition of go with like the more experienced newcomers, and we might yes. we maybe have touched on this in the past, but you know, everyone's someone's podcast is their first podcast, yes, like Fennessy, Nolly, Zekpe, like scale of one to ten, like how much have we increased just the overall? physicality and toughness quotient of the team
0: significantly uh significantly I, I eight <laughs> seven eight like you're you, these three guys have, have played on some good teams and 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 won a lot right like Old Dominion not as much as you know as Memphis and in Indiana um but they they played in high level games they understand what it takes to get things done at a high level. So, you know, you're inserting some guys that have been there and done that, which is always a good thing for me. And look, that team was not Bearcat tough last year. It just wasn't. And by toughness, I mean the same things we always talk about. What happens at the end of a game? When the chips are down... When the game is on the line, like do you have guys that can get stops and carry you across the finish line? They didn't have enough of those guys last year. And I think with these three guys coming into the fold, you've definitely increased your ability to do that, to to get the team across the finish line in close games and pick up wins.
1: Yeah, I I think that's kind of the thing that like – Not that I'll always remember about like some of mixed teams, but like how many times would they win a game by like two or three in a what we would call the old rock fights? Sure. And you'd go back after the game and you'd be like, the other team didn't score for the last four minutes. Or they or they didn't make a basket. Maybe they made some free throws. They didn't make a a field goal for like the last seven minutes.
0: Yeah, they were one of nine from the floor. And
1: and we were winning games when we were shooting low thirty percent. Right. And uh, and we and we just you know we got to the point in that crunch time where we were just like okay we know that this is not we're not gonna be able to make any baskets. But if we don't let them score, then they're not gonna win.
0: I think the biggest takeaway from today, also, and this is without Skilling's being there, without Hensley on the floor, without Newman on the floor, without Aguamo on the floor, this team's already longer and more. They look more like a like a high level basketball team, right? Like that was one of the things that was terrifying about last year. Is yeah, a lot
1: you of times, have like some real athletes now.
0: Yeah like you looked out there last year and there's guys that are shorter, not very long wingspan, not very, don't have the ability to cover a lot of ground. It don't have the ability to, to close out or, or make scores uncomfortable. And how many guys last year had, you know, career highs or like, you know, season highs in points. And it was, it was pretty consistent. And now that you're almost looking at a team like hey, you can get all these guys on the floor, like it, it, especially three, four, five. What what are the rotations going to look like? How are how are things going to pan out to right. uh, to make this team the most successful? Not it's the exact opposite problem of last year. Yeah, you know it, it, we've got to play these. Get like these are who we've got. This is the roster that we have. These are the guys that have to play, and now it's going to be more of okay. I got to figure out this guy's only, this guy's only getting eight, nine minutes a game, and maybe I need to figure out a way to get him fourteen minutes a game to, to make us better. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the first report from the little birdies on the the five new guys that are in place, uh, returning guys. Jeremiah Davenport hit a bunch of threes. Um, He also, you know, Landers Nolly did some work on him from time (laughs) to time. Uh, Some things don't change.
1: (laughs) You know, like, to me, at this point, just focus on offense. Not everybody could be great at both. Well, You're but cle- now now he
0: can be in a role where you can say... Right.
1: You're clearly better on the offensive end. So do whatever you need to do to try to excel offensively. And, you know, you take what you get defensively. Don't be a total liability. But, I, you know, it's not going to all of a sudden...
0: Well, but here's what I would say also. Like, if you've got a fantasy on the floor and you've got, you know, either... Uh, Newman or Landers Nolly playing the three and you've got Jeremiah on the floor like, there are pieces around that are going to make him a better defender.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Because last year there just wasn't like, you could just isolate him. You're exposed
1: even more when you you know you know, Jaron Cumberland had some sneaky good defensive traits, but we're not going to, no one's going to characterize him as a as a great defensive player but he right was surrounded by some some really solid defense. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: gary and jake and you know nobody's ever gonna call kyle a great trey. defensive player but trey and there were guys around him that could that could mask some of his deficiencies you're gonna have more of that right with jd this year and he's gonna shoot and he's gonna shoot it well like and, and odds are you're not going to have to have him take as many, you know, late shot clock wild threes um, as you saw from a year ago. While he still shot, what, 37% from three? With taking a lot of really tough looks, uh, you reduce those tough looks by a little bit, and all of a sudden, maybe that, maybe all of a sudden you've got a, a 42% Jeremiah Davenport from three, uh, which... Can win you a couple extra games over the course of the season. For sure. Um, I thought the Julius was was Dave, like what you know. Um he, he's he's settled in now, he knows his role, he's comfortable in what he's doing. Um I think the interesting part of this becomes like can you get him comfortable more so? At the one at times, right? Uh, because if you can, now you know, you can get more of these long multi positional wings on the floor. You know, if you think about if you could go to Julius Skillings, Nolly Davenport, and a big for stretch, you know, for extended stretches, and that's. Six six with length, six seven with length, six six with length with Jeremiah. Right. And all three, you know, are proficient offensive scorers and your point guard now can score. Now you got four guys on the floor. Remember, we talked mm-hmm. about three. Now you got four. Uh, so that part is going to be interesting. Um, well, we'll get to football recruiting in a little bit. We're, we're talking little birdies in basketball right now. We'll we'll get to the football uh, when we get done. Um, I thought Mike Adams-Woods looked good today. You know, again, I thought you got to a point last season where you were just asking him to do more than he was capable of doing because he was the only, you know, once they shut down to Julius and once they kind of limited Davenport, that puts the pressure on somebody else to have to make the defense pay. And I just don't think he was – ready for that role. Um, And I I think in a situation where you've got more guys around him that can score, he's a good passer. We know that. Um, He's steady. He's a guy, you know, you can count on to be, you know, reliable, but he's maybe just not a guy you can ask to have to take eight, nine, 10, 11 shots a game. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he's a dude that if he comes in and, He's, he's hitting his shot, then he gets some more minutes. If he's, if he's not, then, you know, that's just kind of... With this roster now, you don't... You're not forced to play him maybe more minutes than you would ideally like to. I mean, right. you got a deeper roster now. Not everybody can play 15 to 25 minutes a game. Like, right. it's just not... It doesn't work that way. So, right. <laughs> I mean, some... Somebody is going – someone who's been on the team for a while's role is going to get reduced.
0: It's the nature of improving the roster.
1: Well, and especially when you're adding, like, other veteran players. Right. If you're just bringing in, like, seven freshmen, then, you know, it's harder to to make that claim. But I think, you know, you're going to have different – Lineups that we haven't like, you know, does does Landers Nolly just become someone that like he's thirty five minutes a game? Like we just got to have him on the floor.
0: Yeah, I don't know that West really. I, I think West doesn't want to go that route. Doesn't want
1: so, to, but I'm saying like you know, th- okay, thirty to thirty two. I mean, right. That's and, not out of, That's know, not out of the question.
0: I think twenty eight to thirty somewhere in that range. Uh, and, and, and to your point, the question becomes, how much different do you look when he's sitting on the bench?
1: <laughs> I mean, exactly. I mean, we've we've seen that more on the defensive end over the years where yeah. it's like, uh, hey, Gary, Gary needs a break. Oh, okay, Gary, go back in because the other team scored three <laughs> times in a row. Right. So your break's over. Blame your teammates. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Or Jaron, like Jaron would go out and you couldn't score.
0: Right. The offense would go dead for the three minutes that he was on the bench, and that's why he was only on the bench for three minutes.
1: Right. So, yeah. you know, there's just – I don't know. It's just like there's just so many – when you have that type of a guy, it's just it, – the trickle-down effect is, is so much greater, um, you know, what does that do for Dave? I mean, really though, I mean, like, I think the the person that it probably benefits the most is Jeremiah. Yeah. Like, how many times will he just be able to just spot up and not have to worry about the stuff he had to worry about last year? Have coverage like he had last year? Um, We're now. You can truly like space the floor way, way better than you could last season.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that was a massive, massive problem. And, you know, I guess it, you're going to have to find out, though. You're still going to need somebody to step up that's going to give you offense around the rim. Oh. And sure. is that, is that going to be potentially. The Zekpe is that, are we going to see Vic take that jump? Um, I thought he was, I heard he was solid today, uh, but didn't exactly, you know, light up the bottom of the net. So he's going to have to continue to work on that and become, uh, and, and as we know, like we've talked about this a million times, uh, open gym is a hard setting for big men to really do what they do. Like it's a, there's a lot of threes. There's a lot of up and down, a lot of pushing tempo. There's not a lot of like slow down, grind it out, run a set play to get your big man a basket. Like it is what it is. Like that, yes. that's just the setting. That's the type of basketball. For sure. Um, If you've ever played pickup ball, you know, nobody was just like running sets to get pin downs uh, and duck ins for big men to like you know get buckets. So, uh, but I, I mean, him and Sage, I thought had a uh, thanks, Lamb. Appreciate you. Uh, him and Sage had a uh, a good back and forth today, and it was it was it was good to see the two of them. Like that's that's the future of the interior for the Cincinnati Bearcats, right? Oh yeah. You got a lot of chips in those baskets. So let's uh, let's see how they develop and see how the summer works out for both of them. And you hope one, if not one, both turn into a guy that can get you some points um, from 10 feet and in. Uh, I think that covers most of everything.
1: Yeah, I think so sure someone will tell us if it doesn't, but.
0: Well. Uh, Micah, Dave, Jeremiah, Josh Reed, Vic. Yeah. So I think we, I think we hit pretty much all the guys that played today and then got the, uh, the good news that, that it looks like Hensley uh, is going to be more of a factor as well. So. That's the first the first forty eight minutes of the first little birdie session of the summer, and that is uh, that is one of those things, Dave, that that people love here in and the summer on Bearcat Journal.
1: Who doesn't love a good little birdie?
0: Well, the truth of the matter is, where else are you going to get it? Nobody else is allowed in. Nobody else can get into the gym.
1: That is it. That is true. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Uh, that segment brought to you by our good friends at Urban Artifact are you curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer take a trip to Urban Artifact they don't make beer they make fruit tarts come see what the world of real fruit has to offer swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Taproom mention Bearcat Journal get $2 off a flight of four tasters so there is your Urban Artifact time stamp for the little birdie little basketball birdies as uh Aaron labeled it, well done birdies those birdies are very thorough Brian they must, tweet. Have, a,
1: they must have a good seat
0: they yeah center court right by the scores. hopefully
1: okay. there wasn't any bird shit
0: no I, these birds no they're they're potty trained they don't they don't poop <laughs> inside they, they poop outside <laughs> I did I did get to walk by Nippert and, and check her out. A little bit as i was walking in good news there i'll be back there tomorrow
1: yes i'm I'm hoping to join still still not sure but hopeful
0: that uh that'll be an exciting one mick will have some information up on the board uh tomorrow around at or around lunch maybe a little bit before about the uh the camp tomorrow night uh some little a little intrigue in 2023 at the camp tomorrow and then uh, a lot of focus on locally in 2024 at the camp as well. So uh, we'll have a lot on that. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a a late night nightcap with Aaron and I uh, going over that stuff as well uh, as far as whatever happens at the camp tomorrow. And then Big uh, official visit weekend, the first one. And if you did if you if you know somebody's supposed to be visiting and you don't see them listed for this weekend, you don't have to ask us about there's another official visit weekend coming next weekend. You don't have to ask us every name that's not on this list. What about this guy? What about that guy?
1: What and, about this guy? mean, could they could come the weekend after?
0: Yeah. There's Well, I think there are going to be a couple stragglers that third weekend. Um, I don't expect it to be like a group like this one, but I do think there's a couple guys that have scheduling conflicts or things of that nature that might keep them from coming to either of these two that will find themselves uh, in that third week. So just stay patient. I know know some of you guys have the patience of my 11-year-old daughter and her friends, but when it comes to – recruiting information but just let it play out and then once it plays out if somebody we thought was going to show up just doesn't show up then we'll discuss it but uh you want to give them a give them a brief overview if you want the full list yeah go to bearcatjournal.com like that's that's how we make money that's how this stuff works if you want to you want to hear all the names see all the names uh go to bearcatjournal.com but uh, give me some uh, some names when looking at the list, Dave, that you're intrigued or uh, looking really forward to seeing how the official visit goes.
1: Uh, I'm most intrigued by Luke Evans.
0: Okay, tell me more.
1: Cornerback, Shamanan Madonna Prep, Hollywood, Florida. 6'1", 165. Uh, high three-star. Uh, Top 50 cornerback in the country. 247 has him. Granted, you know, who knows how accurate this is. Has him with uh, warm interest. With the Bearcats, the Penn State Nittany Lions, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Offers from those three schools. Plus, Arkansas. Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi State, North Carolina, Texas A&M, and others. But the reason that I am maybe most intrigued by him, down here in the notes, connections. Percy Evans, father, four-year starter on the defensive line at the University of Cincinnati. Correct. From 1995 to 1998, team captain as a senior. Do you remember his dad? I don't. Okay. I, I do not. I was. Uh, that was like uh, eighth grade to middle of high school. Uh, was not really following Bearcat football a ton then. Okay. But uh, this one feels like a carry special.
0: Well, you know what else jumps out to me on that one—the Penn State thing because Penn State. Who else are we also hearing Penn State mentioned a lot with?
1: Yes. Amari Snowden. Amari
0: Snowden. So this is one that could have an impact on a couple different levels. Yeah. But I do think, given the legacy nature and Kerry Combs, like this is one you definitely would probably want to keep an eye on.
1: He, uh, let's see here. What? I'm just trying to peruse through an article real quick. So he has the visit to UC this weekend and a Penn State visit next weekend. Okay. And he's – this was as of May 3rd, so this is almost a month old. But then he's uh, in the process of finalizing a date to take an official to Georgia. He's been at three different schools. He started at Boca Raton St. Paul II as a sophomore then transferred to Stoneman Douglas as a junior. And then he enrolled at Shamanah prep a few months ago. And they won a state title last year, I think so.
0: Okay. Anything else? I, I know in terms of like, uh, heavy, heavy, like Cincinnati wants to get this done. Kamari Burns has to be almost at the top of that list.
1: Yeah, I mean he is the length, speed defensive lineman that they, I mean, kind of don't have right now. That fits that mold of of trying to replace the type of player that Majay was. Um, I
0: guess we'll see on Mario Eugenio.
1: Sure, but we just don't know. So I'm not. I can't. You know, can't say what he's going to be or what he's not going to be. Right. We haven't seen him yet. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they've been on him for a long time. He was at spring practices. You know, it sounds like he's very high on them. Uh, You know, Penn State is another one involved with him. Kentucky's involved with him Tennessee's involved West Virginia those seem to kind of be the the top group um, but yeah I would say you know I don't know but he has officials set for Kentucky and Penn State so I'm not sure how close he is on a decision. I think maybe he was a little bit closer in the March time frame than he maybe is now.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um,
1: But he's definitely one that they have prioritized, I would say, more than anybody else that's recruiting him. So we'll see if that pays off.
0: Anybody? uh, Here's here's, – I just am scrolling through. It's like Jermaine Matthews got a Ohio State offer today.
1: And Oklahoma.
0: And Oklahoma. Hmm.
1: Just just now, like within the last five minutes.
0: Welcome welcome to a fight for Jermaine Matthews.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And he has a July 4th uh, commitment date.
1: Yeah. It was interesting that at Ohio State camp, he ran like a 4-6-2 and then like a 4-3-5. Like did he crawl the first 10? You know well,
0: maybe it was a, a slip start.
1: Right, <laughs> right, right. I just—that's a pretty big gap. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is.
1: Um, I mean, so a lot of these guys we've not that we've talked about them, but have kind of been on the radar. So I'm trying to like pick out some of the ones that might be a little bit new. Aiden Green from Powell, Tennessee. I mean, Powell's one of the best programs, in uh, them and Alcoa are are just outstanding programs in Knoxville. Dude, has you seen his top five? Took a visit to Clemson this week. Coming to UC, you know, this weekend is that you know wide receiver talent that you know top forty ish, top fifty receiver in the country. Like that's a that's a big one right there. Yeah. You know, and 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 you look at like his his offers. You know, UC, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Votech Virginia, no one that's like he doesn't have any of like the truly top tier offers yet, right? So you know I think UC's got just as good of a shot as anybody that's that's offered him. Sure.
0: Anybody else?
1: I mean, they got three offensive linemen visiting. Uh, All, all listed as tackles, all six, five or bigger. Um, You know, we know what, what that's all about. Um, Khalil Ali from New Jersey. He's actually outside of day McCullough. I think he's the highest rated player visiting. Yeah. That's an old school big East battle right there. That's a, B.C., Cincinnati, Louisville, Pittsburgh, West Virginia.
0: I'm surprised there's no Rutgers in
1: there. Well, because Rutgers stinks. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, he's there. They've, you know, he's got a – granted, we all know how offers go. You got an offer today? Is it committable? Is it an offer? Is it still standing tomorrow if you want to commit? Who knows? But he has reported offers from Florida State, Miami, Michigan State, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Penn State, Wisconsin. So, I mean, I think this is one that's like, we've had all these safeties drafted. Mm-hmm. Would you like to be drafted? We could probably help you do that. Right. It's just a matter of, you know, BC is going to have, BC, Pitt, Miss Virginia, they're always going to have, you know, a lot more, time spent in jersey but we know that hitch definitely has connections in pennsylvania and new jersey so For sure so we'll see we'll see how that goes um i guess do you wanna you should we should we speak on Dave mccullough
0: sure we had we had a question about it we can we can address Yes, he is planning to commit on the 4th. And yes, he is visiting UC this weekend. (laughs) Those two things are both true.
1: You don't see a ton of commits to school not on official visit to. It would be,
0: (laughs) shall we say,
1: awkward. Out of the ordinary?
0: A bit awkward if he were to commit somewhere else halfway through his official visit to Cincinnati. Yeah. I, I, I feel that would be awkward. Just to just reading the tea leaves here, right? Yes. That's not something you see happen very often. So, um, I mean, will be one of it would be one of the highest rated Recruits in program history, uh, 177 in the composite, 161 in 24/7 nationally. uh, Number two player in the state of Indiana. This is a Carry Combs special,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Um, This would be the Carry Combs impact if Cincinnati is able to pull this one off. He has a crystal ball from Steve Wilfong. Steve Wilfong's crystal balls are strong.
1: He's got strong crystal balls.
0: He does. Very girthy, strong crystal balls.
1: He was re- recently, like, a couple days ago, offered by Minnesota.
0: Yeah. I think it might be too little, too late. I think it might. On that front. Um, so, yeah, I would, I, I, I would say it is fair to be excited about where Cincinnati stands with with Dave McCullough, right? His his dad is now the running back coach at Notre Dame. He was the running back coach at Indiana, an associate head coach. Uh, that's what kind of prompted the decommitment.
1: Did his brother enter the transfer portal?
0: I don't believe that that I've seen.
1: I thought I saw that he did, but maybe I've – maybe that was –
0: I, I think that would have raised more of a stink on our board. That's, that That's true. That's I
1: true. Could, I could just be hallucinating.
0: <laughs> and if his brother entered the transfer portal, I think there's a pretty good chance that the destination would probably be where his dad is coaching now. Uh, they, for if they, if people wondering why uh, Notre Dame's not involved here. If you look, uh, Notre Dame has the number one class in the country and they have two very highly rated safeties uh, as part of that class, and potentially, I think, a third that they are uh, that they're targeting as well.
1: So and He does have some position versatility. I was reading uh, on his page has played some corner. You know, Alan True kind of wrote that up. Talked about growing into safety, nickel. You know, so could. could could offer some some different uh, different position flexibility. And it's 6'2",
0: like if he filled out, not outside the realm of possibility, sniper. Sure. Um, you know, that's kind of – that's why they love these 6'2", six 6'3", six defensive backs that are already up in that 190, 200, 205-pound range is because they can potentially be corners, they can be safeties, they can – be nickels. they can grow into Sniper, like you just have a lot of a lot of options with, with how it progresses. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the Day McCullough story. And for all the other names that are going to be here this weekend, Mick has them up on the message board at Twenty four seven sports at Bearcat Journal. You can find that pinned to the top of the football page. Brian, yes, I mean Steve's crystal balls are like ninety eight percent accurate. Those are that's why they're they're strong. They're eight percent. That's a that's a heavy crystal ball.
1: Yes. <laughs> but, uh, no I think it, You know it would be worthwhile to be on the lookout for the camp article tomorrow. I think yeah. there will be, I think there could be a couple names on there that might pique some interest, um, who could, depending on how they perform, uh, possibly be added to this list.
0: Yes. Uh, is Mick still doing UC and Purdue? Yes. Part of Mick's full-time compensation package comes from my checking account. So he will still be covering UC as long as that is the case. Yes. (laughs) To get him to full-time, uh, working, continuous, continuing to work for Bearcat Journal was part of that, uh, compensation package. So he is, he is still here and gracing us with his presence. Uh, until that changes.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: That's how that works. Right. If he doesn't want the money from me, he can stop working for me, but I don't think that's, uh,
1: <laughs> I don't
0: think that's how, how working full-time goes. Right. Like you, you want to make as much money as you can. So yes, he is still, uh, working for me. And that is something, uh, that happens throughout the industry a lot more than people realize. Um, you know guys helping out in in places that aren't their you know full-time focus his full-time focus is now purdue but he is still uh here at bearcat Journal. what else you got dave you got anything else you want to talk about tonight
1: uh i just well, let's saw let's that... time
0: stamp that let's time stamp that uh the the recruiting information Uh, Urban Artifact is the largest sour only brewery in the United States. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get two dollars off a flight before tasters. There's your timestamp.
1: Let's see a couple couple things. I just saw that Lester Quinones from Memphis is going to be staying in the NBA draft.
0: That's a big hit for them. I I like his game, uh, despite the super super uh, short awkward shorts. and annoying short shorts. Uh, but I, that's a that's a pretty big blow for Penny. I think.
1: I am seeing that uh, someone who has visited. The what, very what, at, I'm sorry. What about the news
0: on Memphis looking into getting a new f- uh, gym floor?
1: Because the one they have is terrible. It's terrible. Years ago. Yeah, it's awful. awful. I think they should just let 3 6 design it. Huge, huge news though, if they finally get rid of that awful floor. Sure. Well, for, the, see, for that. Central Florida still has it, don't they? Or theirs just looks yeah. like a blacktop now. Remember, didn't they yeah, have like the Disney for a little while, for a year? Yeah,
0: their floor has been bad. For I mean, the worst in the country is still Oregon with like the
1: trees. I, i'm 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 actually a fan really yeah mm. it's so it's so like distracting that it, that it actually just kind of flows
0: okay I think it's very ugly
1: <laughs> the, the one that uh the ones. one that I don't like is Colorado state like the yeah one, that one's Graham horn yeah. that's like the whole yeah. si- like the size of the entire court
0: yeah that one's not
1: good either I'll give you that. Um, But then I've also just saw that uh, an offensive lineman who has visited the Bearcats a couple times out of Detroit, Amir Herring, is taking an official visit to uh, Nebraska, and it seems like maybe a Nebraska-Michigan battle for him. I know uh, his name had been bandied about back, you know, it's been a minute, but, you know, four-star and... But an interior guy, so I think that's kind of where we've got a lot of those. Uh, you know, it's the, the tackle position is what they need uh, to be addressing. I think that's fair. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's it's tough because he is highly rated and he, he's very well thought of. And he but... shown
1: like he's shown significant interest in UC, so it seems like maybe UC has decided to kind of move on, and so he has as well.
0: I don't necessarily know that it's moving on as much as it's just they're not looking for interior line Right, lines. but
1: that's what I mean. Like, they've moved yeah. on to other targets. Not that they right. don't think he's good enough, but, like, you know, they like what they have on the interior, on the roster, and, and in commits, and, you know, right. the spots are, are, are better used elsewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, there's just not a lot of movement on that 85 for
1: the Bearcats. That's that's the, that's the thing is like, you know, it, to me, it's a good thing. It means you're not cycling through guys. Guys are happy to be here, but then it also, you know, it means that guys are so happy to be here that maybe there's some juniors or redshirt sophomores that aren't on the too deep. Then under other other circumstances might be looking to go find a place to play where things are so good here. They're like, man, I'm cool with it. Like I'm enjoying college, and you know, I'm on, a, I'm on a great team, and it's a lot of fun. And I don't really care if I don't play. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's that number about the kids that are that are that are going pro in something other than sports? Yeah, they're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. We're good. I like it right. here, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure the coaches and, are big fans of that. Well, too.
0: and and you also add in the COVID years. Like, there's what five, six COVID year guys that yeah. are still on this roster. That that you know, all of a sudden, that number would look a lot different. And I'm sure next year, there's going to be a couple guys that are using that COVID year. And the year after, there'll still be a couple guys that are using that COVID year. Like it it. it it changed everything for this window for basically everybody that was on the roster in 2020 all the way through until the last one leaves college football. Yeah. We've seen guys in the sixth, seventh years, like <laughs> around the country. Yeah. I sat on a, on a, uh,
1: Who's, uh whose job is it garden. to, to whose job is it to like, Figure out who the last person is that was on,
0: <laughs> right? Like
1: on a team on the, a team in 2020 that can still use a COVID year.
0: True. I sat on a golf cart with Marcus Brown and Tommy Tuberville. Like that's how long ago Marcus Brown came to UC and just finally left.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the kid from from Utah, Britton Covey. Yeah, he was he was there seven years. And he had, he had, no, I think he was there six six years and he actually had another year. He could have came back
0: and he just was like, "Eh, and he was
1: like, um, he had like a funny Twitter, like declaration to going to the NFL draft, like kind of about that, you know, like seventh year and all all that, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um. it's it's wild.
0: It it changes the, the map. Yeah,
1: I mean you look at UC's roster like under normal circumstances, Malik and Jabari wouldn't still be on the team.
0: Hicks would be gone, wouldn't he?
1: Um maybe. Yeah, I don't. That one I'm not as sure on. He No,
0: I think he, he red did I, but I don't think he redshirted. I think he played special teams his freshman year.
1: Yeah. There's been a there's been a couple you know to quickly to change subject. There's been a, I've noticed a couple tweets today from big the Big Twelve meetings where um, you know this one specifically West Virginia 80 Shane Lyons told a small group of reporters that the newcomers are confident they'll be joining in 2023 quote close to the finish line. I mean that's kind of the same stuff. Right, it's been talked about, but it, it hits a little bit different when people inside the conference. Yeah,
0: they're they're finalizing like, the number like that. We know that's what it is.
1: People inside the conference are are good enough to speak it publicly. Then right. it must be pretty close.
0: Yeah, they are finalizing. This is the buyout, and once they settle on a number that both sides can agree upon, what do we think done, the
1: number is going to
0: be? Twenty
1: that's that's kind of what I think
0: like, like I
1: know we I know some people have referred to like the Yukon um, 17 me personally if I was the conference I'd be like yeah you're paying more than them they didn't do anything for us right we were trying to, we were okay with them leaving like we I'm not sure I go that far but like we weren't having to replace them with uh, UAB and Old Dominion, and I don't even know who else is coming to this conference because I frankly don't care at all. But, like, them leaving did not blow up the football part of the conference. Right, right.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think we all just are under the assumption that 23 is happening. It's just a matter of what's the, what's the, the final digits.
1: Yeah, and then going. I think – What was the other one, you know, for our not-Twitter people? um, There was another one I saw earlier. Takeaway from Big 12 meetings. League has firmer sense of incoming members timeline than outgoing. BYU, UCF, Houston, Cincy. Closer to determining their... Finish line, then Sooners and Texas. Anticipation for OU UT SEC exit still remains. Twenty twenty five. Right. Uh, let's see what is. I'm trying to. To be determined later this summer. Big Twelve scheduling models moving forward. My inclination: no football divisions. This is from Garen Emig of the Tulsa World. Uh, no football divisions and Bob Bowlesby's successor. Um, Yeah, so. Gotcha. Again, all things we've talked about, but they have a meeting. People are going to get quotes. Like I said, if they're willing to talk about that stuff, publicly then things must be closer they just would have no commented
0: right they just said uh yeah, we'll talk about that later
1: when it happens
0: yeah we'll, we'll get to that down the road so
1: all right i um, mean we're under under 100 days to, to arkansas it's exciting
0: uh oh Arnton Page. Okay. The uh the high four star big man that plays AAU uh and high school basketball with Isaiah Collier. Official visit ended today, earlier today. Uh from all accounts, it went well. Um something inter- two interesting things. Uh apparently he just turned 17. So this is a kid, yeah. This is a 6'9, 210-pound, whatever, super athletic big man that just turned 17. Uh, and apparently there's some, like his his he's not maybe done growing. They they think he's still in the growth process and could end up pushing seven feet. So if that's the case, ooh, oh, oh, oh. Ooh. yeah and uh it's interesting I, I've I talked to a couple people today I was curious about this. Uh, he played this past weekend because Isaiah Collier was at USA basketball tryouts. Um, so he played without Isaiah Collier this weekend and that doesn't happen often because they play high school and AAU basketball together. Uh, and I think there was a realization of how much more fun basketball is. When Isaiah Collier is on your team, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the sign of a smart young man, right? Really you play good, with
1: really good players who are good passers are usually, you know, someone that big guys like to play with,
0: right? You, you play with a guy that throws you open for dunks more often than not. You, you'll like uh, you'll you'll like playing with him. More often than not, Ed. This is a Cincinnati podcast. Shut up. <laughs> uh, also, I would
1: have just, just said, "Okay,
0: okay, I know." But it's Ed. If it was anybody but Ed, I would have just I said, know. "Okay," but it's Ed. So
1: read the room.
0: Read the room, Ed. Read the room. <laughs> uh, and then I have very
1: few words blocked on Twitter. <laughs> I think you can guess what a couple of them are. <laughs>
0: uh And on Collier, if I'm – I know there's some people in the industry that think it's UC and UCLA. From the sense I get, it's much more USC than it is UCLA.
1: Hmm. Right. I wonder That's, how you get that sense.
0: Uh Actually, it's not the way – it's. I think UCLA thinks they're in a really good spot. But I, I just I, I for from what I'm hearing, I think USC is a serious serious threat here. We'll see if I'm right. Yeah, I can't guarantee it. If I had to, if I had to guess a top three right now for Collier, I'd guess Cincinnati, USC, Alabama.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I would guess. I think Alabama's going to be there till the end. I think so too, but I. We'll see. we'll see. I think
0: if I had to guess right now, Alabama's running third. That's just just from reading the tea leaves and and conversing with people around the country
1: and a, again,
0: sense, what
1: Is there any sense on timing for him? or is he gonna take this thing all the way through, like taking senior officials? I, he's gonna take and... senior
0: officials to my understanding, which would be. So I I did get some clarification on the whole like junior, senior official thing. So junior officials run through the end of June and then July is closed. No no visits in July. August 1st is the start of senior officials. So um, it sounds like he'll do the football tour of official visits uh, and, and, probably make a decision before the early signing period, which is in November. So this one's on a pretty standard timeline for, you know, high level kids that don't take it all the way into the spring where, you know, you you cut your list down, you get it down to a final three or a final five, and you take your senior year officials, you go to football games, you know, you go to tailgates, you have a blast. Right. Uh, you generally are going to big games. You're going to, you know, electric atmospheres, and then you know you'll make your decision uh, before you really get into your senior year, and you'll sign in November. That's that's the sense I get where it's going. That's not he hasn't said that.
1: That's even, not official. There's a wild, wild thing I just thought of. Okay, even with Lincoln Riley. The best atmosphere he's going to go to for a football game, if he doesn't go to Bama, is UC. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> I I would I would think that that uh, that Kennesaw State game could could be important for basketball recruiting. Yeah. Season opener. Everybody's going to be season home opener. Season right. home opener. Everybody's going to be fired up to to bring the program back home and celebrate, you know, seeing them for the first time at Nippert since the Cotton Bowl. Like, I think that's going to be, even though it's a FCS opponent, I think that's going to be a pretty pretty wild atmosphere. Yeah. So, would Collier and Page commit roughly at the same time? No clue. I I, I don't know if there's a like a a. a specific connection that, that they've decided they're going to commit similarly. I have not heard that yet, so I can't speak on that. Um, so we'll see. Like that's that's what the coming weeks and months are uh, are going to tell us. So don't know that. Haven't heard that, I guess is what I would so say. So
1: I, I didn't know this, but apparently midnight is the deadline to enter the NBA draft. Yes. So uh, I don't think this is a big surprise, but Marcus Sasser announced he's coming back to Houston. Oh, he did? Yes.
0: I, I'm not shocked by that, but I thought there was at least a chance. Look, man, what do they love in the NBA? Shooting, shooting, Shoot. shooting, shooting.
1: Yep. I just wonder how much, like, missing most of the season. Yeah, I'm sure playing played a that. It kind of yeah. seems like Drew, Timmy, and Trevor Keels are kind of like the two last big ones that People are waiting to announce uh,
0: thoughts on Trey green announcing Cincinnati visit nine twenty three to 25 and how that plays with Collier. They're all in on Collier until they get a decision. They're all in on Collier. Uh, so it, it doesn't affect anything there other than you have to be prepared that he doesn't pick you like,
1: right. And if he takes it a long time, you have to be prepared that your other Options are going to say, well, I'm ready to decide. And you're obviously not going to just make a decision until you hear from him. So I'm going somewhere else. They're
0: not taking another point guard until they either a land Isaiah Collier or B are told they're no longer in the running for Isaiah Collier. They've they're too all in on this. Like they have shot their shot. Right. And they are at the top of this recruitment. You don't. Isn't this what everybody wanted, right? Fight to the finish, never get in, give in. Is that how it goes, Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to be in on the number ten player in the country or not?
0: The number one point guard in the country.
1: Like then you then there's then there's I'm not gonna say consequences, but that's the parameters to do it, right? You don't. You're not. You don't recruit someone like they've recruited him. And then get antsy because he's not deciding when you hope he's deciding. Like, you understand that the whole time. Right. And you're willing to to take the risk that, okay, if he doesn't pick us, we might lose out on a Trey Green or a Jizzle James because they're ready to announce and they might want to come to UC. But... We've been in this boat for Isaiah Collier for this long. We're not all of a sudden going to pivot and and. But it, it.
0: it also you still they, given their point guard situation, you still have to recruit other point guards.
1: Well, you can't just recruit the one guy,
0: right? So I think that's where like
1: because what if tomorrow he goes, I'm I'm deciding, right? And he picks USC, right? And you haven't recruited anybody else, right? Ed, we're trying to
0: have a serious podcast here.
1: Oh, I like Just that question. Answer it. Uh, I believe he has because he's <laughs> out of eligibility.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah, that's that's where it's at. Like it, you're still involved with Trey Green, with Jizzle James. You're still poking around with like a Jalen Curry. Uh, Dave, you would love and hate Jalen Curry.
1: I think, from what you told me, I think I'd love him.
0: He he gon' he go get his shots. I'm bro. all about that. He gon' get his shots. He had 19 shots in an I mean, AAU game over the weekend.
1: One of my favorite lines ever on this podcast was when I said, Kyle didn't come here to pass. <laughs> like, I, I, hey, man, if you can fill it up, And it takes you maybe a couple more? Fine by me.
0: Yeah. Do I think second green is second in line behind Collier? Uh, Maybe. Maybe not. I don't. I I think they still worry. Like, it's the ultimate conundrum, right? He, He has the one skill that everybody in the country is looking for. I don't know that much else about his game fits what Wes wants to do. Boy, you can shoot the shit out of it, and from deep, well, and, and off the dribble, and off the catch, and
1: if you're projecting too, if the, if we were in the AAC for the next five years,
0: then yeah, he'd be fine.
1: Hell yeah, but we're not, man. You're gonna have. And we talked about this today. Like, yeah, he can shoot the shit out of it, but can he shoot it when he's got six three to six five guarding him, Right. instead of six foot? To
0: 6-2. I think he can. Well, I, right, right. Because he's got can. such he, a quick release. But,
1: but over, how time, much, over time.
0: Yes, and how much of that percentage is reduced by having a, a, a more significant hand, like a more significant closeout, a more significant chance. How,
1: how, many, how many shots does he just not get off? Right. Does he not feel comfortable taking because of that.
0: Right. I feel you. It's it, it's an interesting like as a coach that's why you get paid the big bucks, right? That's 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 what you get tasked with there are making those decisions. I see why there's a bit of hesitation because of his size. I also see why they're still definitely involved because the kid Make shots.
1: Well, I think just look at his his group of finalists.
0: Cincinnati Xavier, Virginia Tech, or the three three officials that he's scheduled like, today. And then also
1: what like VCU? Right? LSU, yeah, I mean, who's got a mid new mid-major coach. Yeah. Um you know, he just doesn't have the high high end probably because he's five ten. Mm. Maybe. Five eight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, in that range. He's around (laughs) 5'8". I was standing there talking with somebody that hadn't seen him uh, over the weekend in Louisville. And they were like, oh man, he's smaller than I thought. It's like,
1: yeah. It's It's not good when everybody already knows you're small.
0: Yeah. And then he's smaller than I thought. (laughs) Right. So... Uh... Oh, will will look, man. That dude's a bearcat. <laughs> that dude, I I love him. Like, I, I this was really the first weekend I got to like sit down and and get a good dose of Cohen Carr. And I only saw two and a half games, so it wasn't maybe as complete as some of my other evaluations. But I would love some Cohen Carr. Really, really loves some Cohen Carr. For those that, for those that don't know, he plays uh, with the Georgia Stars. He's from Georgia, but he's going to prep school in South Carolina. Six foot five, and bouncy Dave, bouncy. He had a disrespectful block that was so disrespectful they called him for an intentional foul.
1: Did he even foul the guy?
0: I don't think so. Like, we there was a dude sitting next to me that got up and went over because, like, at, at these AAU events, they have like um, they have like ref clinics, right? Yeah. And the refs like all get graded by officials that are sitting on the baseline watching the game. Sure. And this dude I was sitting there with got up, went over to the guy that was the like, the head official, and was like, "Y'all serious with that shit?" Like maybe he fouled maybe he found him. But like just he, because
1: like, like one of those, like, he probably found him, but the block was so good, like you can't call it.
0: It was the block was clean. Maybe there was some contact, but because the block was so clean, the dude like thudded to the ground. Uh, the,
1: the, old, the old flagrant when they land on their yeah. back and yeah. fall hard that right. m- must have meant that they hit them hard. What it meant was All his momentum
0: was going this way until it wasn't. And then it went like that. (laughs) I don't, he doesn't remind me of Keith Williams at all, Will. Sorry. That's a, it's a different, that's a, Keith was kind of thin and like, yes, he was athletic, but he wasn't like, this kid's physical, like physical as a wing. Uh, no, Ed, you would drive me fucking crazy.
1: <laughs> it could be, it could be your, dri- your driver, he just stays you in the could, park, just stays could, yeah. in the park in the lot until you're done.
0: <laughs> Ed, what's this? What's that? Tell me about this. What about that? It'd be like the first time I went to an AAU tournament with Brent.
1: <laughs> you, did, you did that?
0: Brent, I well, it was in Indianapolis and Brent met me there. And then it was like the first time he had been around. It is, like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a,
1: you know, I'm kidding. It's a,
0: I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying it's a very different world. So if you're new to it, you have lots of questions. Like, how does this work? What is that about? Who is that guy you were just talking to?
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: All right. I, I don't, I don't have a whole lot else. I don't think.
1: I have a little uh should we end on some food?
0: Sure. I'm down to end on some food.
1: Well before you do that, I did want to let everybody know I heard from somebody today that the
0: Lindy's magazine is out. Oh buddy. Um, apparently when they
1: said June, they meant they meant June. Can June we can one. we get Aaron to come on and do a dramatic reading um, <laughs> of the Bearcats preview? I, Only I if
0: you do one for yours. <laughs>
1: <I> mean, sure. <laughs> All right.
0: I haven't. No I haven't. With that. I haven't picked up my copy yet, but uh, I am. I'm going to be on on the uh, the hunt for it tomorrow.
1: So we'll I have see. no. I have no problem with that. If I can track one down here in Athens,
0: we'll do. We'll do back to back duplicate readings of your previews and see how alike they are. <laughs> 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 It's different, but same same. Yeah. The the two the 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 the, like the one deep should very be very similar because both of you got it asked me for mine. That's right.
1: Finalize yours.
0: Utilize your assets.
1: I I didn't go to all the practices. Right. I'm not
0: saying it's wrong. I'm just saying they should look about the same. That's all.
1: I wish uh, I could block
0: Twitch people. I, I do want to go on the record for saying that. So, Ed realizes this is serious. Like this is business, right?
1: No. I Don't think he does.
0: Bye, Aaron. <laughs> what did? What did you? What did? What else you have, Dave?
1: Oh, some, some, uh, some food.
0: Food. All right, food. let's go.
1: So we're going. You know, obviously you know, and most of our. Dedicated listeners, to Florida. Know, yeah. Now that I'm going on vacation to Florida, starting and Friday. Starting Friday, and uh, I wanted we are uh, we rented a house, and on Saturday is like arrival day. So instead of trying to do like a big grocery run or find a restaurant to take thirteen tired people from traveling and a almost three year old too. I went ahead and found a chef to cater us dinner at our house. Nice. So I'm going to. That's read, the way to do it. I'm going to read you the menu. And okay. I want, I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. So we are doing like a, because we'll be, you know, getting there, whatever, time, everyone gets there, whatever time. Pool. All day. So the
0: first night, this is the first night.
1: Yes, yeah, so I recommend this so that you don't okay. have to like do the big grocery run the first day you're there. Okay. Uh, or like figure out where you're going to order from or whatever. Yes, first night we did a like a uh, small apps type of party. Okay. There's a lot here. This is this is pretty impressive from from Chef Blake. So we okay. we got. Uh, Some barbecue Berkshire country pork ribs with crispy fried onions. Okay. Some boom boom shrimp with... uh, Boom boom shrimp is always delicious. Torched wasabi sweet chili aioli. Okay. Korean bacon lettuce wraps with pickled onion and carrot slaw. Okay. Fried green tomatoes with jumbo lump crab and creole remoulade.
0: Kelly would eat that every day. That's, that's Kelly's jam, fried green tomatoes, and jumbo lump crab.
1: Yeah. So sounds pretty, pretty strong. Uh, Southern buttermilk fried chicken sliders with awesome sauce and homemade pickles.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm not down with the pickles, but the rest sounds delicious.
1: Lobster truffle mac and cheese bites. All right. Uh, and Dewey pigs in a blanket with homemade bacon or homemade berry bacon jam. And I have a blackstone too. I uh, have yet to use it. I'm hoping to fire that bad boy up uh, after we get back from this vacation. When did you we get it?
0: Get... How long have you had it? And just not used it.
1: I got it like at the end of for my birthday, which was in October. So like the end of the. You can't really cook on it when it's cold. Sure you can. How? With no lid? How do you keep a griddle hot when it's 30 degrees outside? You turn that shit up. You think that an open air thing is going to stay warm enough to cook on? Yes. No. Yes. No way. You know what you do to the temperature, Dave? You
0: pump it up. Don't you know?
1: (laughs) Pump it up. Pump it up. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Cheeseburger empanadas, Texas slow smoked brisket, steak and cheese sliders. Ooh, okay, I'm down with that. For dessert, we have the chocolate or the cookie ice cream sandwiches. All sorts of different ones. Got chocolate chip with vanilla, chocolate double fudge, lemon shortbread with strawberry, some whiskey caramel butterscotch nonsense so sounds pretty good gonna get i'm gonna have a couple beverages eat some food mine has a lid too but i don't think you can use it as a cooking lid it's so just like my question cover. is it's just like a cover
0: my question is like how much of each thing do you get like how many you've, you've only got what like 15 people going
1: 13 people i think it's like he's got it like a piece of each per person okay i think I don't know. so
0: that sounds like a
1: lot for i thought the same thing
0: <laughs> if everybody gets one that sounds like a lot. Yeah, there's
1: like ten things, but they're like ten apps. So like, yeah, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I
0: mean, maybe throughout a night where everybody's kind of just like drinking and hanging out and having yeah, because I
1: think it's it's not like a sit down thing or anything. You just go right. and make a plate and go make another plate and you see who
0: and drink for three four hours, then go make another plate.
1: Exactly. See see who okay. has you know scope out the room. See who's done. So you don't feel like you're taking something that someone maybe wants right. later. But hmm. uh but yes.
0: I mean, okay. Do you, have, I, any, I like do you have any do
1: you have any spots in Decatur, Alabama you would recommend? Um <laughs> hold on. Maybe. That's where I'm maybe staying Friday night. But I think we're gonna be there, we're gonna get there too late to really even like go out to eat We'll probably just eat on the road sooner, earlier than that.
0: Um, so I guess not. I thought there was one down there. Uh, oh, it gave me Decatur, Georgia. Uh,
1: what were you looking for? Gus's. Oh, like hot chicken?
0: Uh, Well, it's it, it's not. It's Gus's famous fried chicken.
1: Oh, it's, okay. it's got a little
0: kick to it. It's the one in Memphis, the, the place yeah. I always go, Memphis.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Thought you for a second there, you were talking about Gus's Good Time Deli in, in, uh, on campus at UT. That's, that's No, scary. I've heard
0: that place is pretty good. I've never, Ooh. I've never actually eaten in Knoxville, but I've heard about that deli.
1: You could I've
0: heard about that deli.
1: You could walk in. I could walk in there tomorrow. And Gerald, now granted, I have not been a student at UT since 2005, and neither has my friend. But I could walk (laughs) in there tomorrow, and Gerald would ask me specifically how one of my friends is doing. That's how much we were there. (laughs) That's
0: outstanding. So are you going to have to drive through Birmingham? I
1: think so. I don't know. Where's Decatur? Decatur's like uh, right right in Alabama.
0: Like, uh, coming through Georgia or coming through... No, like...
1: through Tennessee.
0: Tennessee. Oh. Uh, yeah, you'll have to go through, but that'll be the next day. So that's not going to... I was going to say there's a Buckys in in uh, Birmingham.
1: Oh, well, then we'll definitely... As long as it's right on 65, then I'm sure it's we'll...
0: A, it's not. It's a, it's a maybe... 10 to 12 minutes out of the way Uh,
1: like that's that's iffy I don't I don't detour (laughs) much yeah I know
0: it's on 20 like if you're going back towards Atlanta
1: yeah okay I got you
0: so you could get there pretty quick and pretty quick back, but it's like a it's like a 15 minute drive out of the way.
1: Yeah, so it's like an hour out of your way though, because it's fifteen minutes, you're there for thirty. Well, where are you going in Alabama? Where are you going to the beach? Destin. Oh. Never mind. Yeah, going to Bucky's though, that's like an hour out of your way then, because the time that you're there. The time that it takes you to get there and then get back on to 65.
0: So do you go when you go to Destin, do you go through like Pensacola? No. No? Okay. Because there's one just outside Pensacola too, right? It like right right by Mobile.
1: No, you come no that's like too far west. You come basically like literally straight down.
0: Well you know what? Screw it just go through Lexington. We'll
1: go. Yeah. I'm not stopping that early. (laughs) Maybe on the way home, maybe on the way home,
0: maybe on the way home. Yeah, I'm not trying to
1: do like an hour, a 30 minute stop, like an hour after we've been in the car. (laughs) It's
0: like an hour and a half. (laughs) It's like an hour and a half. All right. We've gone way too long. We should have ended this podcast 10 minutes ago. Uh, there you go.
1: You we, got... we, will be, we will be podcasting next week from Yes. Dave f- live from, from the pool. From the pool. We may have some special guests. Who knows? Like ha- will. Uh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> we, may, we may have some some inebriated special guests. Who knows?
0: It is what it is.
1: Oh, are we gonna do this on Wednesday or Thursday next week? Uh,
0: I don't I don't care either way.
1: Wednesday night could be a themed podcast. It could be
0: what, would, what would be the theme?
1: I can't say, because if the person happens to listen, I don't want them to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine where this podcast is going to go next week. I can only imagine.
1: I'm shooting I actually think we should do it on Wednesday.
0: Okay, that's fine. I don't care. I'm all about the content, Dave. Oh
1: no, we are we're we're gonna do it on Wednesday because I might be going out to eat on Thursday.
0: So okay, Wednesday it is next week.
1: Aaron, is that okay for you?
0: Okay. Wednesday it is, Dave. Wonderful. All right, let's get the hell out of here. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.